The Welsh Wire, where talent and business connect in West Michigan. The Welsh Wire features moderator Mike Rogers and professional recruiting expert Sherry Welsh in this weekly podcast. Listen in as leaders from a wide array of small to mid-sized West Michigan companies weigh in and share their experiences and insights on a variety of business topics, including employee retention challenges and recruitment success stories. Hi, everyone. It's Mike Rogers and this week's edition of the Welsh Wire podcast. Now, here's Sherry Welsh. Today, we're talking with Jim Metzger, the owner, president, and CEO of Keystone Solutions in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Jim, welcome to the Welsh Wire. Thank you, Sherry. Glad to have you with us today. So tell us a little bit about your firm, Jim, how Keystone Solutions was started. Sure. Yeah. Keystone Solutions Group is a turnkey services provider that helps folks both from the spectrum of an entrepreneurial uh, venture to Fortune 500 companies get their product ideas off the ground. So within Keystone Solutions Group, we have two legal entities, two companies. The first one, which I started 20 years ago, is Keystone Product Development. And Keystone Product Development is a diverse uh, product development think tank type company where we help folks take literally a sketch on a napkin all the way through to a production-ready design. And about 10 years ago, we also added uh, manufacturing. So what happened was after 10 years of successful, many successful launches of products, we started to get more and more requests for from clients to actually manufacture the product. Oh, so right. Because we designed it, we sourced it, we knew the product better than they did. They own the intellectual property, typically our clients do, and they own the sales channel. But they're looking for someone to do the heavy lifting in the background, right? which is the manufacturing, the packaging, the distribution. So about 10 years ago, we added that to our turnkey business model. And uh, we did that by acquiring a small medical device company in Grand Rapids. Okay. And, um, about five, six years ago, we moved that operation down here to Kalamazoo, so everything is now under one roof. So now we offer truly that holistic turnkey approach to getting a product literally from a sketch on a napkin into a production-ready status and into the customer's hands. Terrific. It, that makes a lot of sense, obviously, and, and did to your customers, too. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, our customers, you know, they're... They came up with the idea. They own intellectual property. They want to get out there and sell their product. Uh, but a lot of times they don't want to do what we call that heavy lifting. Right. They deal with the quality issues, the regulatory issues, the manufacturing processes, and that sort of thing. So it's uh, we found that the model works really, really well for a lot of clients. Right. And, it, and it's got to be a good solution for them because you, when you start with them from the beginning, you know them so well as an organization, you know their product, you know their customer. It just seems to make a lot of sense to have you continue on through the manufacturing and do that full. Absolutely. Full product, yep, full life absolutely. cycle with them. So you've done um, work in a lot of different industries. Jim, but you have focused in particular and had great success in medical device. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as I mentioned, within Keystone Solutions Group, we still have the two legal entities, Keystone Product Development and Keystone Manufacturing. And Keystone Product Development remains a diversified company. So we do serve automotive, aerospace, medical, some consumer products. 
uh, quite frankly, it's, it's, it's not that big a challenge to be diversified when you're in the development phase of a product. Okay. So whether it's an automotive uh, type product or something for aerospace or something for medical, there's always that same sort of common thread of disciplines and activities that need to be done to get that thing from a sketch on a napkin to a final design. Right. And maybe some of the um, diversity that you have in the various industries is actually helpful, I would guess, in the product development stage, because you look at it differently rather than all we design is med device or all we design is automotive. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we've had testimonials from clients, let's say in the medical field, that have really appreciated the fact that we were able to bring certain technologies or material sciences to their industry from others. Right. So that's definitely, there's a lot of cross pollination that goes on there. Good. Sure. Good. Now on the manufacturing side of our business, Keystone Manufacturing as a standalone entity, it is 100% medical device manufacturing. Okay. So when you're into manufacturing, you really, it's probably a better chance of success when you're more focused on what you're doing. Correct. Um, and we have figured out how to overcome those quality, regulatory, and process challenges that exist in the medical device manufacturing world. And we really want to keep our manufacturing entity focused on that medical device space. Right. Right. So in that, on the manufacturing side, there are some challenges, no doubt, to doing what you do. What are some of the challenges that you found, maybe particularly in your medical device, your forte? Certainly. So within the medical device arena, uh, one of the biggest challenges is regulatory. Mm. Okay. And rightly so. Right? right. When you're the person laying on the operating table, getting ready to go under the knife, you appreciate the fact that there are a lot of regulatory hurdles. Oh, uh, yes, you do. <laughs> Very <laughs> much so. So, um, so while we're, you know, even through the development as well, it's not just in manufacturing, but during the development process, we have to keep in mind what this product is being used for, what indications, what, you know, what operations, what procedures, uh, what this thing is helping to cure, helping to heal. Right. And that drives the regulatory path. And uh, there are different classes of devices from class one to class two to class three and class one being the lowest risk, mm-hmm. class two in the middle and class three, the highest risk. And those are things that we have to be cognizant of right from the beginning during the product development and also through the manufacturing. Right. So So it's a challenge, I bet, to keep up with the regulatory changes and requirements. It is because they do constantly change. You have to be aware of guidance documents that come out from the FDA. Uh, Some of our clients are overseas in Europe, so you have to be cognizant of the European changes. And the trends in the last few years have a higher and higher focus on risk mitigation. So within the regulatory realm, they've really clamped down on uh, sort of rigorous standards for risk mitigation. Oh, wow. Which okay. makes sense. Yeah, you know, it does. As we evolve, it does. we want to minimize risk. Yep. Right? So. Yep. So your clients are really counting on you to be the expert when it comes to regulatory. I mean, another great reason why they probably depend on you for that manufacturing right, piece for them, that contract manufacturing. Right. So if we look at the gamut of our clients, so we do serve a lot of startup and early stage companies. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes it's a physician inventor, for example. Oh, yeah. And they're, they're really good at coming up with a device idea, 
they may not be cognizant of or, or trained in the art of the regulatory, the quality, and that sort of thing. Right. So in that case, definitely our clients look to us as the experts. Now, in those cases where we serve larger clients, you know, the Fortune 500 type companies, uh, they, it's interesting because they often have far more horsepower and sometimes expertise in the actual sure. area that they're hiring us to get into. However, they just don't have the resources. Ah, uh, okay. Or the resources are bogged down in what we call sustaining activities. Right. So just trying to keep the machine running, so to speak. So they don't, while they have all the expertise, they have all the tools, they have larger labs than we do and all this infrastructure, they still often can't get the job done as quickly and as efficiently as we can because we're for hire, we're focused on this new initiative, we can get it done. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So you've developed a real unique niche in your business, the way you approach your work, the type of work that you do. And in that, you've also sort of taken a unique approach to the way you lead your business too, as the president and CEO. So tell us about that, Jim. Sure. Well, it all starts with our values. And we we operate, we govern, we live by five key values at Keystone. The first one is ownership. And what does that mean? That means we own the problem. So you give us you give us a challenge, we take accountability for it, we own it. And uh, we drive it forward. That's great. So your customers can be assured that when you drop it, right. they drop it in your lap. Exactly. You've got it. They don't it, need to worry about it. Exactly. And for example, awesome. kind of a specific example, you know, a lot of these initiatives uh, have a lot of different suppliers involved, not just Keystone. Mm -hmm. We can manage that entire process for them. We sort of jokingly call it the one throat to choke uh, business model. <laughs> Because we really like are, it, yes. you know, they don't have to manage 20 different suppliers That's that come true. to Keystone, they get it done. Yeah. And, and especially for startup entrepreneurs, they don't have time for that. So there's right. a great value in that, I'm exactly. sure. And then the second value is collaborative. We are very, very collaborative. So what does that mean? We truly do become part of their team. We're not just some distant, you know, transactional over the wall mm -hmm. type uh, resource that sends them invoices every month, for right. example. We do become part of their team. We integrate into their infrastructure. And to give you some specific examples of that, especially in the early stage and startup companies examples, we actually sometimes become equity holders in their in their company. Oh, interesting. Or, or joint uh, venture partners, or we create some right. type of strategic alliance, for example. Nice. So when we say collaborative, we really mean it. Uh, at, on right. many levels. Right. And you're right. not afraid to formalize it if that's the direction exactly. that the companies want to move in. That's exactly. terrific. Yeah. A lot of, I think a lot of organizations say they are collaborative. You right. demonstrate that you truly are collaborative. You know, and I'll give you another example. Uh, we had, and we always, and this ties into our third value. I'll tie that in at the same time is that's serving with humility. Mm, mm -hmm. And so we first and foremost take on every client as their advisor and their counselor. And we feel that one of the most powerful and valuable services we provide here, especially for startups and early stage clients, is sometimes uh, we have to tell them their baby's ugly. Yes. And you, you got to deliver do that the in bad a news. diplomatic way. Of course, of course you do. In the right. most diplomatic way, right. I am sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but it, you know, developing, launching and manufacturing a medical device is a long, convoluted path, very, yeah. very expensive. And if we can save them 
the hassle up front right? <laughs> for something that there's too much intellectual property out there already, or there is no market for, or not a significant enough market, or the regulatory hurdles are too high. You know, if we can assess that early on and kind of s- slide their checkbook back across the table, right? we're providing them a good service. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. And chances are, if they are a true entrepreneur and an inventor, they will come up with something else along the way. Absolutely. Could come back to you. And they'll remember what we did. Right. And, and could refer you potentially to other people too for continued work. So it makes good business sense to do that. But I also understand that that is, is not an easy thing for some companies to do when they would think about walking business. Right. But you're saying serve with humility, advise and counsel. Yeah. And we're, we're going to run this as if it were our own business. We're going to. We're going to run your business as if it were our own business and really care about the outcomes. And if it doesn't work, exactly, we're not going to be afraid to say so. You know, and one other example that that not only happens, this sort of approach to, you know, business with the clients not only happens in the beginning stages, but even after we've landed a program, for example, oh, yeah. we, we had a program here that was in manufacturing for a couple of years. The market evolved, the materials evolved, right. the volumes evolved, and eventually we realized we aren't actually the best fit to serve this client. So we had all the manufacturing infrastructure in place. We were making product for them, and we actually called a meeting and said, time out. We believe you're better served by someone else, and here's the someone else, and mm. we helped them transfer it out of here. Mm. Wow, that's terrific. So, and and you've got a friend for life we with that organization. And it's for a sure. small world in this medical device community, mm-hmm. and word gets around. Yeah. And um, that's just how we operate. We want the client to win. So, yes, we're here to grow our business and land gigs, but that's not our primary focus. Our primary focus is that our customers win long term. Right, so. right. It's like the old Stephen Covey principle: uh, play, playing win, win, that's not right. just win. Right, playing win, win, exactly. so that both sides really get what they need. So that, yeah, that is really operating with integrity. So, the, tell the, us about your other values. So, yeah, the fourth value is get it done. Simple as that. Get it done. Roll up our sleeves and get this thing done. A lot of times, especially when we're interfacing with some of the larger clients, we can get the job done quicker than they can get the paperwork done mm. to figure out what we're doing. <laughs> you know, so right. we're lean and mean. Uh, we simplify. We cut through the bull and we just, we like to get the job done. And then the fifth uh, value and it's uh, the last, but not the least by far is fun. Ah, There's one word. We like that. Fun. Uh, we are fun to work with and fun to work for, and we don't take ourselves too seriously. We call ourselves engineers often. That's great. And um, yeah, I mean, life is short, so uh, we like to go down a path that uh, everyone can have some fun. Right. Terrific. And so. you know, those values are really inspirational, and I'm sure mean a lot to the people that work here inspire the work that they do and they've got to be helpful to you when you are interviewing or attempting to attract great people to join your organization. Cause I have to believe you set the bar pretty high for talent that met who will measure up right. against your values and your expectations. So tell us about that. What does that mean for your employees and for hiring people? Yeah. So on hiring people, I will say, I agree with you. We're somewhat picky. Um, and we have a very we have a very interesting, let's say, interviewing and onboarding process. Hmm, what what do you mean by that? What, 
So, you know, obviously we do the the typical, the initial phone calls, the initial interviews and and things like that. Um, Those that have been through here, uh, through our process, have learned that we ask three key questions that I I can't share on this podcast because (laughs) of top secret, but they're very, very unique questions that are asked in a group setting. And they... uh, they're, they're a neat way to evaluate a person's ability to think on their feet and whether they're pragmatic or analytical and that sort of thing. In addition to that, we have integrated over the last few years uh, an off-site activity or two. Oh, interesting. This is a very different process. Where they, ha- they need to, and it's, it's a few-hour process where they are in a situation that is unknown to them. And quite frankly, in most cases, it's unknown to actually the people that are working here that are part of the offsite activity. Oh, wow. So you've got a strange place, strange activity, and you've got the Keystone team, and you've got a new potential candidate, and they have to solve tough, time-sensitive uh, uh, issues, problems, uh, you know, effectively. Right. And work together and f- get that chemistry, you know, the feel of that chemistry together, too. So, yeah, we have a lot of uh, interesting ways of sort of vetting out and making sure there's a good fit there. So, and do you do this process for everyone that you hire? Is it just really more for your engineers, as you say, or your operations or manufacturing folks? How? Yeah, it's, um, it doesn't necessarily, not every step is employed at the production level, like Mm -hmm. for assembly workers per se. Most of them are, but not all of them. Mm And then as you get into team leaders, managers, operations, engineers, and, and above, definitely all they're all going to go through that process. Yeah. So how did you come? How did you come to develop this interesting process? I mean, obviously with very high standards, right? Right. Putting that together with your values, probably deciding that whatever you were doing before right. didn't work very well. That's true. Yep. Exactly. But still, there was some kind of innovation that brought you to the place where you said, we're going to do these three unusual questions. We're going to do this. Sure. How, did that, how was that born? Again, it stems from the values. So okay. the main thing is value alignment, right? And then if you kind of look through our values, it starts a thought process where you're thinking, okay, so if our main thing is we want these candidates to have value alignment with Keystone, what can we do during the interviewing and or onboarding process that flushes out that alignment? Right. And if you go back to the ownership, collaboration, get it done, right. serve with humility and fun, now you start to see where those things align, those activities align with those values. Okay. And so you just developed those questions and scenarios and yeah. things with all of that in mind. Probably a little trial and error. Definitely trial and error. And and I will tell you, we stumbled um, a couple few years ago. We went through a very uh, rapid growth uh, phase. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, we hired too quickly. Mm, And all those cool steps that I just mentioned, we probably skipped a few of them. But, you know, it was a very fast-paced environment. and You did what uh, you had to do. Yeah, we did, but I will tell you in retrospect, we won't do that again. Yeah. And we'll govern the growth before we'll hire too fast. Yes. Experience is often our best teacher, right? Um, And so you learned from that, and now you've got a process you've been using. You've been sticking to that pretty solidly for what, the past 18 months, two years? Yeah, at least a couple years. Yes. And now it's clicking. Yep, it is. You're getting the right hires. You're attracting the right people. Exactly. The process is working. Excellent. Excellent. And with your growth... 
you recently expanded your workplace. We did. You've got a big footprint here we on do. this property. We do. Yeah, we, we now occupy 41,000 square feet. We added uh, 17,000 square feet last fall. And we're sitting in that addition right now, that expansion. Which is beautiful, by the way. Thank Absolutely you. gorgeous. Thank you. And this, uh, we call this Keystone South because it's at the south end of the building. Right. And it is our dedicated product development center. So prior to adding this space, manufacturing folks, operations, quality uh, development, everyone was sort of in the same space, which worked for the first four or five years. Sure. Uh, but as we grew, we started running out of space. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, there are a lot of advantages in having sort of this dedicated space for product development mm-hmm. for a number of reasons. Uh, one, as I mentioned earlier, product development is diversified. So we might be working on an, an aircraft you know, program or an automotive program or a medical device program right. where Keystone Manufacturing is now in its own dedicated space as well. That is 100% medical device. It's FDA registered. It's ISO certified. And by the way, because of those things, subject to many audits, right? Sure. Keystone product development is not really subject to Mm -hmm. the same audit. So from a regulatory quality, a separation of things um, and focus, uh, a lot of reasons we we did it this way, so to speak. Right, and it, but it's not like you're miles apart. No, exactly. I mean you're not even a city block apart right. on the same footprint of property. So right. still coming together to collaborate on and solve problems and issues for clients that cross those industries or disciplines. Right. Easily done by, you know, walking down. Yep, to the north end. To the north end and <laughs> jumping in the north. conference room with a cup of coffee. There you go. That's yeah. right. Yep. So in our expansion here, in our addition, uh, because this is a dedicated product development facility, we wanted to create a space that was open, uh, kind of lends itself towards creativity and so forth. Right. And some of the things we've done there to ensure that and foster that type of environment, for example, we have what we call dedicated war rooms, okay? Mm. Yeah, it sounds kind of heavy duty. But it does. Tell us about that. So what these are, they're dedicated project rooms that the team can lock themselves in the room. Uh, all the walls are painted with dry erase paint. So, oh, nice. And it, quite frankly, that alone is very, very liberating. People yeah. grab the dry erase markers and just start being creative. Right. right from floor to ceiling. Love and it. And each room has teleconferencing capabilities as well. I've jokingly told the teams that uh, we can lock those rooms from the outside. <laughs> and they can come out when the project is done, right? I'll see you in a few months. <laughs> yeah. So the, the war rooms are great because, you know, it provides a, a focal point, an area where they can, you know, dedicate a space for this team for a project and, and get things done in also a confidential manner. Oh, sure. Most of the things we work on here are highly confidential. Yeah. So it's nice to be able to lock them up, so to speak. Right. Um, the other thing that we're, we're doing, they're not quite complete yet. The design is done and we're working towards getting them assembled and put in. In the large open area where you see the engineers and designers, we are putting in a, I'll say standing height, uh, interactive, I guess, work tables, if you will. Oh, okay. Picture sort of a bar height or standing height work surface that has a flat screen display embedded in it. Nice. And then over that display is dry erase glass. So while we're looking at uh, 3D solid models, CAD models, and other project things, project information, they can also 
sort of scribble and sketch over the top of those images. Excellent. The environment that you have created sounds like an engineer's dream. It definitely is. There's what's, what's great about this place for engineers and designers and so forth is the variety. We're always working on something different. And, uh, while it may seem a little bit arduous at times, the timelines are make it sort of fun too because we're always behind, right? As soon as an inventor comes up with an idea, they want it done. Uh, absolutely, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So there's there's kind of a quick work hard, play hard kind of environment here. Yes. So that adds to the fun as well. Absolutely, absolutely. A great environment, a special kind of person that you're looking for to join your team right. to be successful in that, but a playground. Exactly. Really a playground Absolutely. for your highly talented people. So um, tell us about your plans for the future. Where, where do you see yourself going in the next five to 10 years, Jim? Yeah, in the next five to 10 years, and this is sort of, this is a trend that's been going on for the last couple of years. While we see growth in both segments of the company, so mm-hmm. both on the product development consulting side and also the manufacturing side of the equations, that we do see a much higher growth rate in the manufacturing side of it. And, uh, that's, and that's a little bit by conscious choice yes. as well. To be honest, uh, I'm not sure I do want to own, let's say a multi, multi-million dollar consulting firm, uh, from a business aspect. It's, it's a big machine to keep fed yeah. all the time. And, uh, which is great and it's fun and it's a great launching tool for the manufacturing. But quite frankly, from a business standpoint, the manufacturing is the annuity side of the business. Right. 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 And uh, I always ask people, you know, how many multi-billion dollar uh, consulting firms do you know versus how many multi-billion dollar manufacturing entities do you know? Right. And the answer is pretty simple there. Yes. So from a natural scalability and growth path, uh, we'll, you know, nobody has a crystal ball, but that's what we anticipate is that manufacturing will continue on the steeper growth path right? as compared to the consulting side of the right. business. Right, but the consulting side is going to feed that manufacturing side Absolutely. of your business all the way along and help it continue to grow. So they, it's, it makes sense that they stay together. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, there are a lot of consulting firms out there, sure. no doubt. There are a lot of contract manufacturers out there in the medical device space. However, there are very few companies that really take this sort of holistic partnership turnkey approach to getting a product off the ground. And that's one of the, uh, I guess, ingredients in our secret recipe. Right. It's part of your secret sauce. It is. It is. And uh, so to your point, you know, the consulting side, while it is a revenue generating entity, Mm -hmm. it's as much of a sales and marketing tool and a resource for our clients to get into production. Absolutely. And the secret sauce has worked well for a number of years and is continuing to grow a great business here for you. But along the way, you've probably learned a few things. How many years have you been in business now, Jim? So as I mentioned, I started the consulting side of the business 20 years ago. 20 years ago. So from then till now, you've probably got a few lessons that you could share of things that You've learned, accomplished, would do differently Definitely. along the way. Share some with us. Definitely. So as I, you know, sort of a shout out to entrepreneurs embarking on a new adventure, right. if you will, I would say that it's, it's, it's one of the most challenging and exciting and fulfilling paths that you can take. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I often give a lecture at Western to some startup business type courses 
And one of the things that I, a couple of bits of advice that I provide to these students, one is uh, keep your gauges at nominal. So mm. picture a gauge cluster, whether it's an airplane or yes. a car or a vehicle, what have you. What does that mean? So in life, you have a lot of gauges, right? Happiness, sadness, <laughs> you know, excitement, sure, uh, frustration, anxiety, all these things. You're going to experience all of those mm. to the max. And the key is where your strength comes from is keeping your gauges at nominal through the not only the, the tough times, but also the good times. You know, don't get too excited. Don't get too overboard, but stay even keeled. And uh, that'll help you weather the storms right. better. Right. Great uh, advice. So the other uh, aspect is this is going to take longer and take more money than you might expect. Mm, right. Yeah. Um, Always does. <laughs> a poorly, a poorly, a poorly planned project or initiative takes uh you know three times as long as yeah. one would plan for yeah a a well planned project only takes twice as long as the <laughs> schedule indicates it's going to take right? longer but not as long <laughs> right right exactly so that's you know that's the main thing and be aware of diversification versus what we call diversification mm. right yes explain that to us <laughs> So, and I can give you many examples of that as, as the consummate entrepreneur, I've always, I've often been accused of chasing shiny squirrels, mm. if you will. It, as an entrepreneur, it's easy to do that, isn't it? It is, mm -hmm. it is. And so there's diversification and diversification. And so focus is key. Try to stay focused, yeah. not only in an industry, uh, but even when you're launching, let's say your first medical device. It's very, very tempting to try to expand that medical device in what we call uh, feature creep. You know, yeah. the scope expands and expands. Try to stay with a minimally viable product at the launch. You can always build on it later. Sure. So yeah. stay focused in your business. Stay focused on your initiative and uh, and stick to it. Yes. And, Keep the main thing the main thing. And yeah. Lord willing, it, it will it will happen. Yeah. You get that flywheel effect going, like Jim Collins. Right. States. Right. And uh, that's when the ride becomes really fun. So, oh, excellent! And it has been a lot of fun for you here at Keystone for twenty years. It has. Yep. Definitely. Congratulations on your new building and well, your you. great success. And uh, we just wish you a, a happy and healthy future with Keystone Solutions. Thanks for being our guest today, Thank Jim. You. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to the Welsh Wire. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. For more information, visit welshandassociates.net.